This is Jason Hansen, pastor of Anchor Church. Thank you for jumping onto our sermon podcast. My prayer is that as you listen to this sermon, you're encouraged in your walk with Jesus and that you live for him in all of life. Enjoy the sermon now. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Revelation chapter 1. Pretty common uh, Easter, Easter, <laughs> Revelation chapter 1. Um, I have a problem with Easter. All right, call the band up. We're gonna, that's the sermon today. I have a problem with Easter. What if that was my whole sermon? That'd be amazing. Um, I have a problem with Easter. The, the, the problem that I have isn't the same problem I had when I was a kid. See, the problem that I had when I was a kid with Easter is that it was a dress-up holiday. And I don't like dress-up holidays. And I dressed up today to show you how much I've matured and grown um, so that I could dress up on Easter and be okay. But there's something about dress-up holidays I just never liked as a kid. I had a problem with it. That's not the same problem that I have today. The problem that I have today with Easter is that uh, we've, we've made something that should be celebrated every day an occasion to celebrate it once a year. And we've, and we've actually taken that, uh, that celebration, I think, and we've, we've kind of turned it into something where we, we don't really often consider or think about the fact that we should be celebrating it on an everyday basis. Because we look forward to Easter. We look forward to today. And make no mistake, today is the day that we get to celebrate this as the church body together. I don't have a problem with that. I love today. I love the fact that we're celebrating it. But I think that in some ways, it's curbed our enthusiasm for the resurrection regularly. We celebrate communion weekly. We remember his death, which we should. Jesus calls us to do that. And there's a reason for that. But we don't regularly stop and celebrate the resurrection. And what I want you to know this morning is that the resurrection should be, and actually it is, an everyday kind of celebration. That's my big idea this morning. The resurrection is an everyday kind of celebration. This is not something that we can look over. This is not something that we should say, let me, let me uh, celebrate this, and just uh, Easter's coming, so we'll just get through the year. You know, oh yeah, I remember the resurrection sometimes, but we don't rejoice in it. No, we should be rejoicing in this every single day. And the question for us is, why? Why? I mean, it's just, you know, we know it's true. Jesus died for us. He rose again for us. So what is it? Why do we need to celebrate this every day? Actually, actually uh, what do we gain from making this a daily celebration? What do you gain, Christian, from considering this as an everyday kind of thing? Because we can look at it and say, well, what do we gain? I mean, we're just, we just remember more. And that is true. We do remember more. But is there more to it? And the answer is yes. And I'm going to get to that at the end here. We're going we're gonna to see this in the book of Revelation chapter 1. I'm, I'm going to read... Uh, just some verses here. Revelation chapter 1, verses 4 through 8, and I'm going to skip down a few and, and finish off through verse 17. So, this is the word of the Lord to us this morning. The resurrection is an everyday celebration. This is what we read in, in Revelation. John, to the seven churches in Asia, grace and peace to you from the one who is, who was, and who is to come 
and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has set us free from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him, so it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, the one who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. Let's get down to verse 12. This is John. Then I turned to see whose voice it was that spoke to me. When I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and among the lampstands was one like a son of man, dressed in a robe and with a golden sash wrapped around his, his chest. And the hair of his head was white as wool, white as snow, and his eyes like a fiery flame. His feet were like fine bronze as it is fired in a furnace, and his voice like the sound of cascading waters." He had seven stars in his right hand. A sharp double-edged sword came from his mouth, and his face was shining like the sun at full strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man. He laid his right hand on me and said, Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last and the living one. I was dead, but look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and Hades. This is the word of the Lord to us this morning. Uh, Revelation is one of, those, one of those books of the Bible that we either love to read because we like to get in the weeds, or we skip over because it's just too much, because we don't know how to think about it. We, we're not sure how to process it. This is uh, apocalyptic literature, meaning about the end times. This is about something that's going to come. Now, if you, if you read Revelation, there's a lot of people that get confused when they read Revelation because they wind up reading Revelation and their first thought is, I got to get a, a, like a timeline going on. I got to figure out where in history we are in here. And I got to you know, pull out all, my, all the stops and you, you have this big long graph and you're trying to figure it out. If that's how you're primarily reading Revelation, uh, I think that you're missing the point. Because the point of Revelation, and we can get into this in our, on our podcast, I don't really have time to go into it, but the point isn't to encourage 2023 Christians to stand fast when the end comes. That, that is true, it should encourage us to do that, but the point of Revelation at the time was John was writing to people who were being persecuted, who were currently being killed, who were currently wondering, should I trust Jesus? Is it worth it? What do I do? And John's writing this, reminding them that Jesus wins. This is the point of the book. Jesus, look, no matter where your faith is, remember... Jesus is the victor. He will, come, he will come out on top and you as his people will come behind him victorious, reigning with him. You are, you are his people and it's constantly telling the story over and over again of the victory of Christ. The timeline doesn't matter as much that the, the reality does that Jesus wins. And so this is where we find ourselves right at the beginning of this 
letter that John, his disciple, writes as he is on an island uh, by himself. He's been put there imprisoned. And he writes this, and as we read our text here and the whole of Revelation, really, John is consistently uh, calling upon the Old Testament saints and prophets to speak on his behalf, to, to, to declare things that he's trying to communicate using their language. He wants everybody, people that know their Old Testaments, to look at this and go, oh, Jesus fulfills all this. He's calling on them as witnesses, and we're going to see that again this morning, and we find ourselves here in this text. What we're going to find ourselves here as John is really trying to understand what's happening in this vision that he's seeing, he's trying to figure it all out as he's putting it together, we see three reasons to celebrate the resurrection every day. I'm going to pull from this three reasons that we can find in these verses that we celebrate the risen one the one who holds the keys to death and Hades, the one who was dead but is now alive, the one who was and is and is to come. And we want to find this here in our text. So the first reason that we have to celebrate the resurrection every day is that the resurrection reminds us that Jesus is the King. The resurrection reminds us that Jesus is the King. We we see here in our in our text, we, we take a look at what we have written, and we see in verse 5 this, that this, this Jesus Christ, the, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, meaning that he was the first to die this way, and he's the first to rise this way, and we will all follow him. His resurrection actually, it foreshadows our resurrection. His resurrection, we, we follow him into the grave and then to new life. This is something, and he is the first one that has done this, and he leads us out in triumphal procession into our own raised bodies. And not only that, but his resurrection as the, the one who was and who is and who is to come, uh, it just solidifies his place as the ruler of the kings on the earth. There is no king on the earth who is not subservient to him. His resurrection reverberates through every fabric of the, the, the universe, the, 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 the plants and the rocks and the, the atoms and molecules of this planet and the sun in our solar system and every single galaxy that exists, the, the resurrection proves his kingship over all of them. There is not any single thing that exists that he does not rule over. It doesn't matter if it's a ruler that is, we would call a good ruler or king, or one that we would call despicable. Because every single king, whether they have done good things or whether they have killed millions of people in their reign, will one day stand before him and there will be a reckoning. And Jesus will bring it. And he will bring it to us. He's the first and the last, we read. He's the living one. He's the king. If you're with us in Mark, you know that he's, he's declaring himself to be the king. All through the Gospels, he's, he's calling himself essentially the king. His kingdom has come. Here it is. And Jesus proves himself as the risen one to reign over everything. And actually, all of this in verse 12 and, 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 and uh, the next few verses after that, we see all this language. You know, he's wearing a golden sash and he's got white hair like wool and his eyes are fiery flames 
and his feet are like burned bronze. They're fire, like in a fire and furnace. They're shining and bright. His voice is like cascading waters, and he has seven stars in his right hand, and a sharp double-edged sword comes from his mouth. His face was shining like the sun at full strength. Are we meant to, to picture him like, okay, this is what he looks like? Well, maybe, but I think more than that, he's trying to call the Old Testament saints, like I said before, and using all of their language to describe the might and majesty and glory of God. Jesus is not just a man that came and he was a good person and he was a prophet. He is the Almighty One. He is the King. And all of this points to that. If you look at all of this, he's calling from Daniel and saying, Daniel, come forward, the Son of Man, hair white as wool. You bring your knowledge. You bring your prophecies. Isaiah, you bring your bright and shining feet like bronze. You bring that to the table and remind people who he is. Because he is not just simply one who has come and died. He is one who has come and died and said, no longer will I be dead, but I am going to take my life up again because death will not reign over me. Because I am the creator of everything and nothing is going is to bow, everything is going to bow before me. Nothing will reign over me. I am God. And this is what we see. John is painting a picture of the mighty one, the king, the ruler of kings, the king of kings, the king of you, the king of me. We, we see the risen Christ, the one who has conquered the grave, not as a weak person, but as a mighty God. Like this, this resurrection, as we remember, it needs to, needs to weigh into how we see him. Have you ever, have you ever met somebody um, that is either well-respected, well-known, famous? Maybe you get to know somebody like that who you just, at one point, you just really respected. And then you get to know them a little bit and you realize they're just kind of a person like you. And your, your, your view of them went, from, oh, I love this person, you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, we're, we're kind of the same and you're looking for someone else. You know, you're like, oh, I've kind of gotten to know this person. This person is just like me. There's nothing about them that really stands out, you know. I've, ha- I've had that happen to me a number of times. We can kind of be like that with Jesus sometimes. Because we've read our Bible so much, or you've been at church so much, or we sing his songs so much, or we celebrate the communion meal so much, or we, we hear his name so much, or we've been to uh, you know, a lot of services talking about his birth a ton, and we hear about the resurrection. And so we get to the point of just saying like, oh yeah, Jesus, I know him. You don't know him. You don't know him. And neither do I. Now, we, we know what he's revealed uh, about himself to us. We, we can understand the things that he's given to us, and we rejoice in those things. But make no mistake, John, his best friend, when he saw him, we read it, fell down as though dead. You know why? Because you can't stand before his glory and not react and respond. He's the king. He's the mighty one. We, we see him for who he is in the resurrection. Why should you remember the resurrection every day? Because it's in the resurrection that you're reminded that Jesus Christ is the king. Not a king, the king. He is mighty and he's glorious and he's worthy of all our worship. Every single bow, knee will bow even those that pierced him, it says. 
Even those that stood against him will one day see him coming in the clouds. They will be terrified. We, Christian, will rejoice. Maybe you're not a Christian here, and I would just say, this sounds like bad news for you. No, the gospel is good news. The gospel that Jesus died for you is good news because, because it means that there is hope for you to have eternal life that is not destruction, but that is life like you've never experienced it before. Life to the fullest. Life everlasting. Life for the ages. This is, this is the gospel. This is good news. If you don't know Jesus, I would just say, you can know Jesus. Turn to him. Trust in him. And I'm going to come back to this as well. He is mighty. He is glorious. He's the king. Yet, so often, listen, this is, oh, this is who he is. So often, he chooses to relate to us, not as the one that's unapproachable, but the one who's gentle and lowly. You know why? Do you know why he does this? Because if every single time we stood before him, we acted like John and we just fell down as though dead, we wouldn't ever want to come before him, I don't think. We'd be so frightened. And he says, no, no, that's, I'm not here to destroy you. You're my people. Come to me if you are weary. I will give you rest. I am gentle and lowly. He chooses to do this. Do you know why? Because number two, the resurrection removes any doubts about his love for you. The resurrection removes any doubts about his love for you. I want you to, I want you to look at verse 5 with me, if you would. Just take a look at this. I want you to see who's the one that is doing the initiating and who's the one that's being acted upon in verse 5. We read this. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has set, his free, set us free from our sins by his blood and the one who made us a kingdom and the one who made us priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. He is also the one who is coming back on the clouds to get us, to bring us back to himself. Jesus is the one. Listen, Jesus is the one who loves us. It doesn't say, it doesn't say we are so great because we love him, and therefore we love him, and so okay, I guess he's just reluctant to love us. No, he loves you. He loves you. You, this is him acting on you. He has set you free from your sins by his blood. He did that for you. He came to this earth as a baby to set you free from your sins by his blood. We just celebrated this uh, Good Friday, didn't we? He came to die for you, to prove his love for you, this pursuing love Go back to Genesis chapter 3. How much does God pursue? Genesis chapter 3, where we sin, Adam and Eve sin, and then they're kicked out of the garden, is not God's hatred of Adam and Eve, it's his grace. He didn't want them eating the tree of, of eternal life when they were in that condition. There needed to be redemption. He had to get them out of the garden, and the whole rest of the Bible is his faithful pursuit of his people in love to die for them. And this is, this is your story. Christian, your story is the risen Christ who loves you, who gave his life for you, and he makes you a kingdom. Us, us together, we are his kingdom. He says in Mark, my kingdom's coming. My kingdom's now here. And they didn't know what that meant. 
And then he died. And they thought, oh no, I guess we missed it. And then three days later, he's walking around again. And it's in his walking around again as the risen one that he makes us a kingdom. And he makes us priests. What in the world does that mean? He makes us priests, meaning, meaning that we are those who come before him as, as those who are worshipers of him, as those who represent him. As those who come before him, we can, we can come right to him. There's access. You know why? Because when he rose from the dead, everything changed. And now we have access. We don't need an intermediary. We don't need a priest to come before us and to say, hey, you can't go see God. I'll do it for you. No, we go right in because we're covered by his blood and we have the risen one standing there saying, come. I rose from the dead and I conquered death for you and it's gone and you can come to me. We, we see this in this text. He, he has glory and dominion and he's coming back. He didn't leave us here without any hope. He's coming, he's coming back. Jesus doesn't just tell us he loves us. He showed us. Look, the most, the most important way that you can show somebody you love them is through how you act towards them. How many people say, I love you, with their words, and then react with their fists? How many marriages? Or with harsh words? You... You know, words are cheap, they say. God says, I love you. Jesus says, I love you. And he proved it by showing us he loved us. On a cross, an empty grave, by fulfilling every promise that he's made to you. Even the times where you wonder, is God for me? Because it doesn't seem like he's there. The questions that you might ask yourself, does God actually love me? Because my life seems like it's in turmoil. I can't figure out what he's doing. It didn't go the way I wanted it to go. I'm still sick. He didn't answer that prayer. My, my marriage isn't what I wanted it to be. My kids aren't following him. I can't have children. My job isn't working. I can't provide for my family. I don't have three cars. I wanted three cars. I only have one car. I don't know how I can get three cars. I don't know where I'm going to live. I don't have a job. Whatever it might be, does God love me? I don't know. I'd say, are you remembering the resurrection every day? Because it's in the resurrection where doubt is removed that he loves you. He's the risen one. The one who was doesn't stop there. What if it just stopped there? I'm Jesus, the one who was. That'd be a disappointing day. No, he's the one who was and is and is to come. Because he's the risen one. And we worship him, we give him glory. This is, this is how we see him. He is the initiator of all this love towards us. And he will return to make all things New. Make no mistake, we live in a broken world, right? Yes, this world is broken. Do you feel it? Yes, I feel it every single day. Do we see it on the news? Yes, we do. Do we look at, at different kings and kingdoms and say, why God? Why are you doing this? Yes, we do. This is a broken world. Filled with sin, it's broken. But Jesus says, I am coming back 
with the clouds, and those that pierce me will see it. Meaning, those that stand opposed to him, those that are not his people, will see it, they'll know it, and there will be retribution. He will bring about justice and judgment. We, we find this here. He's coming with the clouds. And when he comes, and through his resurrection, the last point should reassure us that death is just a doorway. It's not an ending. Death is a doorway. It's not an ending. It's like Narnia going into a wardrobe. And there's something new beyond that door. We, we can exist here and we can think, yeah, this life is really hard. The older I get, it's the harder it is. People are dying around me more often the older that I get. People get sick. Marriages are falling apart. I look around the world and I just think, man, people aren't following Jesus. The world is broken. Even as American Christians, we can't get along. We're on opposite sides of aisles, even though that shouldn't separate us because Jesus broke down all those barriers and walls. And yet here we stand and we don't know what to do and we can think, oh man, I don't know. And we just think, just one more day and then I die. One more day and then I die. We can even fear death. Oh no, I don't want to die. Listen, we should live this life for the glory of God and we should look forward to the day where we leave this place to see him face to face. And I watch him recreate all of this world so that we can live here because he will make it all new. Death here on this earth and this planet, your death, we are all trending that way. We are all trending towards death. We, we are born and we grow a little bit and sometime around, I don't know, 18, we just start, it's just downhill. Like, I don't know. We're, we're on, we're on the, the way to closing our eyes in this life for the very last time. I love how uh, Jesus in the Gospels sometimes references people dying by falling asleep. Because I think that there's something about that. No, no. They're just sleeping here, but man, they're not, they're not gone. It's not, it's not as though, it's not as though they're, they're gone. They're, they're alive somewhere. And they're living with Him, and he, is, he has given them so much joy. There's something here that we need to hold on to. I want you to look, uh, as he says in verse 7, he's come with the clouds, but then in verse 17, towards the end here, this reassurance. John's fallen down like he's dead. And Jesus says, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I was there at the beginning, and I will be there at the end. I'm the living one. I was dead. Death had me. It had, it had gotten me. I had given, given myself up to it. Death was my experience. But look, I am alive forever and ever. And look what he says. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Hades, the place of the dead. I, I hold the keys to death and the place of the dead. Who, who can open that door? Who can unlock that prison? The king. And he has. He has for you. It's not as though that, that place of the dead and death has power over him. It doesn't have power over him. No, death, where's your sting? Paul says in 1 Corinthians. 
Where's your victory? No, the, the, power of, the power of sin is death, but man, we have a king who has the keys to death. And he's unlocked that door, Christian, for you. He has unlocked that door. As you've trusted in him, he has unlocked it and he said, it's open for you. You don't have to fear this. Don't be afraid. Yeah, I was dead, but I'm alive. And I'm waiting for you. Listen, if you're not a Christian, again, let me just say, there is judgment. That, that, that place of the dead is reserved for those who look at Jesus and they think, I don't like him. Yeah, he's a nice person, but he's not my king. That, th- those keys won't be used at that time. And you can think, again, well, that sounds like bad news. You're just trying to scare me. I'm not, I promise. It's, the gospel's called good news because it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. That includes you. So if you don't know him, if you're wondering, well, how do I believe in him? It's simple. You just say, Jesus, I, I can't save myself. I don't even know what that means, but help me. That is a prayer he would love to answer for you. And I would love for you to talk to me about it afterwards. Come up and we can, we can chat about Listen, church, the resurrection reassures you and me that death is a doorway. It's not a... It's not a, a destination place. And man, that should give us some confidence and joy as we live this life, shouldn't it? As we think about this life and think, well, I I don't have to fear death. Man, that's amazing to fear death. I walk this life recognizing that Jesus is the King, glorious over everything, and that He loves me. And that, yeah, I'm going to die, but death is just a doorway to Him. What do I have to lose here? I mean, if God is for me, who can be against me, right? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How could he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? We, we find this joy in him. The resurrection, it reminds us that he's the king. It removes any doubts about his love for us, and it reassures us that death is a doorway. Let me, let me just remind us of what this this, these keys unlock for you, Christian, just to, just to put this picture into your minds. We read it in Revelation chapter 21. It says this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth has passed away, and the sea was no more. I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne, Look, God's dwelling is with humanity, and He will live with them. They will be His people, and God Himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. You deal with death, you deal with pain, you deal with crying, you deal with tears, you deal with hardships and sufferings, and you think, how long, O oh Lord? Here's how long. When you close your eyes here, the doorway opens to a place where there is no more tears. There is no more pain. The king who holds the, 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 the keys to death in the place of the dead, he's waiting for you. And there will be joy and a celebration as we find ourselves there. Like we want to celebrate the resurrection every day. Do you know why I asked this question earlier? What do we gain 
if we celebrate the resurrection every day? What do, we reign if, what do we gain if we consider the risen Christ every single day? Because we can remember his death every day. And I think we should, right? We should remember his death as well. His death, it, it brought us forgiveness. It, it, we, we, uh, he took the penalty of our sins and he put it there. The resurrection is an exclamation point that that worked. And that God's favor is on you. You know what it does? What do we gain? Here's what we gain. We gain perspective. We gain perspective. Because this life can bring us to a place where the perspective can be, I don't want to live tomorrow. It can be, when is this going to end? It can be, I don't, I don't know uh, how I'm going to navigate tomorrow morning. I don't know how I'm going to get through next week. I just don't know. It's just too hard. There's too much stuff going on. There's not enough answered prayer. And if we remember that we have a risen king who is the king over everything, every molecule, every interaction. He knows better than you. His plans are more uh, full than yours are. He sees the future more than you do. He, he knows what you need more than you know what you need. If we believe that that's true and we see, yeah, he conquered the grave and he's alive and I know that he loves me, all the doubts I want to remove out of my mind that he, that he loves me, then the times that we go, yeah, because of my life and where it is, does he love me? We look at the resurrection, we go, no, he does love me. And he's not just a small guy that loves me. He's the, he's the immeasurable universe king. He loves me. I remember that. I see it in the resurrection. It says in Revelation, I know he died for my sins and he's made me a, a kingdom and a priest to him. And therefore, I, I, can, I can live another day. I can walk this. I can live this life. And also, I just remember, look, what does this world have to offer? What's, what am I scared of? If I die, I, I see him and I get to be with him. If I live, I live for him. What can anybody do to us if that's our mentality? What are people going to say, hey, we're going to kill you for being a Christian? Okay, well, here's the deal. You kill me and I'm going to go see Jesus. It's okay, fine. We're going to leave you alive. Great, let me tell you the gospel. Who's got the power here? Like what? We got the spirit in us. We got resurrection power in us. I'm almost out of time, but man, I could keep going on this stuff because we have perspective. Church, look, I understand. I know a lot of your situations, and your life is hard. It's one of the, the joys of being a pastor and one of the most difficult things. They don't tell you in school, hey, the other thing that you're going to deal with is that you're going to know everybody's issues and what they're struggling with in their life. And that's going to weigh on your shoulders, and you're praying for them, and I get that, they, but I, that's something that we, we, we joyfully walk in. But even in those things, as I pray for you, I think, Lord, meet them as the risen king. Give them perspective in life. Give me perspective in life. The resurrection church is an everyday celebration. And let me just say one way you can live this out. Don't wait until Easter to celebrate the resurrection. Don't wait until Easter. We've done this before. If you want to, take out your phone at some point. Put a reminder in. That's whenever you have your quiet times or whenever you have free time, just say, remember Jesus is king. The resurrection exists. Whatever you want it to be, remember the resurrection today. Give me perspective, whatever you want to put in there so that you remember it always. We, we 
highlight Easter, and I'm glad we get to celebrate together. My problem isn't with you all, right? My problem isn't that, oh, we have to do this today. No, I love this. My problem is that when we go back to our homes, we forget to celebrate it. There is a king, and he is alive. Amen? I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to have the band come up. We're going to respond uh, with a song, and then we're going to take communion together. If you haven't gotten your communion meal, they're in the back two tables. If you're a Christian, take it with us. If you're not a Christian, then we ask that you were just refrain from it because this is a, a meal for those of us that have remembered his, uh, that are remembering his death and his resurrection for us. And so we're going to do that together here in a moment. Even as we celebrate the, the uh, Lord's Supper, where we do remember his death, let's just remember, he died to, to be raised up again. He died to live. He died to give you life. May we remember it. May we rejoice in it. Lord, our confidence this morning, may it be in you. May it be in the joy of the resurrection. Jesus, you are the king. May we remember it. Remove any doubts from us that you love us. And reassure us over and over again that in this life, we live it for your glory. We will end it one day. Every single one of us, 100% of us, will close our eyes here for the very last time. And when we open them again, glory. Lord, may we just anticipate that day. May we live all of our life here as if it is our last day where we're proclaiming your name by your spirit for your glory. And then may we get to the next day when there's no more tears, and may we just rejoice forever and ever. Jesus, our hope remains as long as you are alive, and we saw it here that you were dead, but you were alive now forever and ever. So is our hope. So is our joy. What, what, a, what a Savior. I'm going to take a moment just to say thank you. Lord, let every heart uh, this morning um, receive you. Let every heart sing your praises. Do it, Lord, we ask. Jesus, in your name, amen. I really hope that you were encouraged by the sermon today. You can learn more about us at anchorchurchgilbert.com. We'd love to have you join our mailing list. You can do that on the website. If you have any questions for us about who Jesus is, please let us know through our website. I hope that you were encouraged.